Welcome into the Fantasy Football Fathers. That was my bad on that one. That was me. That was me. Uh, we are the Fantasy Football Fathers. Only one of us is an actual father, and none of us are priests. Uh, my name is James Drew. I'm joined here with Tyler Big Herbie Herbach. What up? And Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. How we doing, folks? You can find us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast. Uh, listen to us uh, anywhere you can find podcasts. I'm way too excited to announce it. We're on Apple Podcasts now. It took me a lot of effort. <laughs> Officially verified by Apple and in the club. Blood, sweat, and tears to get there, folks. <laughs> so you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, give us a like, a listen, subscribe if you're feeling frisky. And... Um, we will plan on continuing bringing you awesome fantasy football advice and content, hopefully. Uh, today we have um, matchups for you. We're going to do a little bit of news and notes. We'll go through every single matchup, and then at the end we'll give you our starts of the week. All right, into the news and notes. Uh, Tampa Bay signs Richard Sherman to help the dead last passing defense in Tampa Bay. Does this scare you going forward, starting receivers against Tampa? Well, I'm curious if you guys have actually watched the Buccaneers play this year. I don't know. Like, Is there passing yards allowed a result of game script? The defensive script? front is so good that you can't run the ball against them. So you, you're almost forced to throw the ball, and typically they're winning. So... um yeah, so everyone's always throwing against them, and it's yeah. not necessarily teams performing well against them, just being forced to throw against them. I don't know if that really means like their past defense is bad. Um, I wouldn't say. I mean, it it could be. They're just getting a lot of um tar- targets because the defensive front is so good. I mean, as vaunted as their defense is overall, you still expect them to hold up a little bit better against the pass. Um, they are dealing with a bunch of injuries in the secondary. That's kind of why this Sherman you know, deal makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, Colts and running back Marlon Mack agree to a trade. Are you guys looking to stash Marlon Mack? I have in a league or two. Man, I tried to. Honestly, I might try to trade for him in our league. For um, Irby's younger brother has Marlon Mack on the bench right now. I'm not sure how he feels about Marlon Mack, but I'm pretty interested in him. I think I talked about it like four episodes ago, though, that he's coming back from an Achilles injury. And out of like the last eight starting running backs and like receivers in the league that are coming back from Achilles injury, only one really posted like a respectable season after that injury. And it really wasn't even like a good fantasy season, just a decent NFL season. So I'm curious when he comes back, if he'll actually uh, produce. I'm definitely not looking to like stash him, honestly. It's going to be completely dependent on where he gets traded to if they actually get a trade done. Um, there's a very good chance that he'll be to one of those teams that are you know in need of a running back, which means it's going to be a committee situation. Ba- yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Baltimore, San Francisco, um, and then it's just part of a, com- a committee, and you're never going to be able to actually play him. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm on the side of if you have room, I think you can throw him on your bench and see what happens. Um, you never know. I mean, he could could come back and look great and take the lead job somewhere, but. Um, and obviously San Francisco, Baltimore are the two teams that come to mind, but we'll see where he goes. He's only 25 years old, so, I mean, in Dynasty League, definitely worth it. Yeah. 
Um, Seahawks placed Gerald Everett on the reserve COVID list, so not going to have him this week. Not sure if he's vaccinated or not, so I'm not sure about next week, but we shall see. Who, who's behind him? Our local Seahawks fan. Uh, Will Disley is. Uh, I mean, oh, I think you can put Will, you can put Disley in as a as a streaming uh, tight end this week. Honestly, uh, just as as easily as you could have ever you know earlier. Are they giving him targets? Are giving the tight end targets over in Seattle? Oh yeah, yeah. And actually, they're almost splitting targets as is, so there can be exclusively Disleys now. So it might even, yeah. even be a you know better week. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I like that. Uh, James White is ruled out for the year, so some 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 changes happening in New England. <laughs> Go for it, man. My trade is looking much better already. Yeah, I know that trade is uh, getting worse by the day for me. Hip subluxation. <laughs> it's a killer. Perfect pronunciation. So he's out. Obviously, Damian Harris is the lead back there. Um, but J.J. Taylor, another guy to keep an eye on because he fits the James White mold. He's kind of the next guy up in that type of role, I think, for New England. Ramadre Stevenson is still there, of course, as well. But he's kind of more of the Damian Harris type. So um, keep an eye on J.J. Taylor. I, I want to throw this in really quick while we're talking about New England. And obviously the running back situation is really frustrating because it's always running back by committee. Um, Jacoby Myers is the receiver, right? He is the only receiver in NFL history to have 100-plus catches and zero touchdowns. Yeah. So, I mean, like, do the Patriots hate fantasy football? Well, Bill Belichick definitely hates fantasy football. (laughs) All he cares about is real football and winning football games. he doesn't give two shits about fantasy football. Um. Rob Gronkowski, speaking of, came back um, with a negative x-ray on the ribs, so he's looking to be good to go Sunday night. Uh, So we might be talking about him a little later. Uh, Both A.J. Brown and Julio Jones could miss the game against the Jets. Uh, How are you guys managing this situation? if you're an owner of either one of these guys, are you picking up Reynolds or Rogers, Chester Rogers, Josh Reynolds, that is, to start them, stream them this week, or not worth it? Um, honestly, I mean, if you're in a bad spot at receiver, it's not the worst option to go with. Um, you know, receiver is generally pretty pretty good in uh, depth. Plus, we're not to, like, bye weeks and stuff yet, so you should have have somebody else to play on your bench, but... If you're hurting because other injuries, whatever it may be, um, not a bad flex, uh, you know, streaming option. Yeah, Josh Reynolds, I would say um, he's like the only one that really has a reputable like history, right? Producing anything. Chester yeah. Rogers, that's my first time really hearing his name. I'll be honest, so I'm not really sure how to feel about him he's at been, all. He's been getting some looks and some targets in Tennessee, but uh, you know, he was their clear, I think, wide receiver three, in my opinion. Um, I think Chester Rogers probably worth a look if you're really hurting. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see if this is going to increase like Derrick Henry's touches in the past game because it has increased this year compared to his previous years. And I wonder if maybe they'll give him some more uh, targets. Yeah, could that would be awesome. Uh, Bears are close to finalizing a deal that would have them leaving Soldier Field. Yeah, that's a honestly, that's sad news. Like, I mean, Soldier Field is so synonymous with just the Bears and 
you know, the monsters of the mid of the midway, like all that stuff is like that's Soldier Field, and it's gonna be sad to see him leave. But there are some hiccups in this. Um, they their lease for Soldier Field runs through twenty thirty three. So if they break, if they decide to break that lease within the next five years, they owe the shitty the city of Chicago eighty four million dollars in damages. You um, said that right. The shitty of Chicago. <laughs> 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 uh, but so I mean, sorry. If you we'll see. That. We'll see if that that happens. Um, but they do expect the deal to close sometime next year or very early twenty twenty three. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, go pack go. That's kind of what I got to say. <laughs> yeah, I don't got much to say about it. My dad's side of the family, they're all Bears fans over in Illinois. That's where my dad's side of the family's from. And uh, just knowing them and knowing Bears fans when I was growing up in Illinois, I guarantee you that everyone who is a Bears fan um, is just going to be really, really upset about this for really any reason that they can find because they're always mad about something. Uh, all right, let's get into the matchups for this week. Starting off on Thursday night football, the Jacksonville Jaguars are taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. In Cincinnati, the Bengals are seven and a half point favorites. Uh, right now, it's a 46 and a half over under. T. Higgins is officially out. So, uh, you know, Jamar Chase, I think obviously you are starting. He's been uh, more than good, he's been pretty great. Um, so far in his rookie debut, um, Tyler Boyd, is that someone you're looking to throw in your flex this week with T Higgins out? I think so. Yeah. His, his targets did increase with T Higgins out. And, um, since he's going to be out, the, the targets have to go somewhere. And T Higgins has a lot of history with the Bengals. Who else was, would get the targets? Tyler Boyd, or, Tyler Boyd has a lot of history <laughs> with the Bengals and with T Higgins out. Why, who wouldn't, why wouldn't he get the targets? Just forget what I was saying. <laughs> start Tyler Boyd. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you can certainly start Tyler Boyd this week. Um, certainly a flex consideration. I think that you also could see a, a big game from Joe Mixon. Yeah, I think you definitely. I mean, obviously Joe Mixon's a start here um, with his usage. Um, and it really seems like they're actually trying to run the ball more this year, which is nice. Um, uh, on the other side of it, oh, what about Joe Burrow? Starting him, or he's been good, I think, NFL wise, but fantasy wise, it's almost like he's average because he can't run or he doesn't run. You know what I mean? Um, maybe he'll start running a little bit more, but I, he just hasn't. So, um, I don't know. How do you guys feel about Joe Burrow? I mean, he's playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, yeah. I mean, this is for anybody. I mean, as you said, he's. Played, you know, fine the first couple weeks. Yeah. Um, like you said, decent for normal football, winning game kind of football. Fantasy-wise, a little harder, but this is a get-right game fantasy-wise. Yeah, I like that. Um, on the Jacksonville side, obviously you're starting James Robinson for sure. Um, had a great get-right game last week, and it seems like uh, Urban's finally – um, opened bite, his eyes. Yeah, biting the bullet and and not being <laughs> stubborn and and you know utilizing James Robinson, which is which is awesome and it's great for fantasy managers. Um, you know, 15 attempts last week. He had um 88 yards on the ground, another 46 through the air on six targets, six receptions. 
So and got got in the end zone. So big week last week. Um, he was almost my start of the week this week, but he didn't quite make the cut. Um, I got someone else, but I love James Robinson this week. Oh yeah, I totally agree. I um, I have a feeling this week that DJ Shark and Lavisca are finally gonna produce something fantasy wise that'll be relevant for you. The, the targets have been there for weeks. We'll, we'll talk about multiple players in this episode. Really, where like the opportunities are there, but they're just not cashing in on them yet. And uh, Shark and Lavisca are the perfect example of that. They're both getting a lot of targets, and I'm curious if it finally happens. I think for this game especially because Cincinnati is so stout against the run that um. Trevor Lawrence has a good chance to finally maybe get a get right game, like we were just saying. Not not exactly get right, but just show improvement. Yeah, I you're definitely not starting Trevor Lawrence. Um, I'm worried about Lavisca at this point because they don't throw him the ball down the field. Everything is like right at the line of scrimmage. Screen plays, very very short passes. I don't know why they don't give him a shot at you know throws down the because Trevor Lawrence obviously likes to try to force it down the field. So um, I'm worried about LaVisca because all of his targets are coming so close to the line of scrimmage that you really need him to bust one and, and go score a touchdown from pretty far out. So uh, I'm worried about him. Anyone else, Tyler, that you'd want to bring up on the Jacksonville, maybe uh, one of the receivers? Um, no, not really. Um, I honestly, I think the reason that they're not throwing the ball down the field is because they don't trust their offensive line to like give them enough time to do that. Yeah. Um, the other little quick stat on uh, James Robinson though. Uh, Cincinnati did give up a hundred receiving yards to Najee Harris last week, so I mean that that really bodes well to James Robinson, who is a very good pass catcher out of the backfield. Uh, you know, six targets, six catches last week. He has had six targets week one, went three for three in week two, so. The production's there, you know, granted, yes, they are throwing, you know, little dump-offs to him, little screens, but he makes them work. He's the one guy that, like, I actually like to consistently start for Jacksonville. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be the same, but Najee Harris uh, went against them and had 19 targets, 14 catches. So, um, if they want to use James Robinson in that same role and get about 100 yards, they're more than welcome to do so. Uh, The Washington football team taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, in Atlanta, um, right now the Washington football team is a one and a half point favorite. The over under is forty seven and a half points. Uh, how you guys feeling about this this little matchup here? I mean, the Atlanta defense is pretty atrocious. Um, so, with that being said, uh, obviously you're starting Scary Terry. You're not. That's not a question. But Logan Thomas is a must start for you this week. I don't know how many people would actually be putting him on his bench. He's generally pretty reliable, but Atlanta is giving up the seventh most t- uh, points to tight ends this, so far this year. Uh, this looks like to be a very large game for Logan Thomas. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to agree with uh, as far as like the Washington football team. Obviously, starting Antonio Gibson and Scary Terry and Logan Thomas. Um, I, w- I was just telling Big Irby before the podcast. He's creeping into like the status of where I'm going to start starting him. I've had him on my bench because I'm a weirdo and drafted two tight ends. But that's just how I roll. So yeah, I like Logan Thomas for sure. Um, would Would you think about maybe starting anybody else on the Washington football team though? No, you know I was going to bring up that Curtis Samuel is supposed to be coming back soon. So uh, peek at your free agencies there. He might be worth a stash. You could still even pick him up, put him on your IR right now. I've done that um, a few places. So to see what happens because they're really you know 
someone needs to emerge, I think, as another weapon there. They've been looking Diami Brown's way a little bit, but not enough. And he just hasn't made the plays when he's gotten the looks. So, yeah, I think the list stops at Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin. Um, and Logan Thomas, <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, like on the Falcon side of the ball, though, Cordell Patterson's got getting pretty interesting. Yeah, I was going to say on the Falcon side, Cordell Patterson is interesting to me, even more so than Mike Davis, just because of the work he gets in the receiving uh, field. Um, also, the double designation he still carries, right? At least on the sleeper app, and I'm yeah. pretty sure he would on ESPN at this point. I think he does. Yeah, so. Um, I, I like Cordell's a flex. Um, what about you guys? Calvin Ridley, obviously you're starting cause you have to probably, but, and, and he should, you know, pick up here. I, I think he will. Um, he was one of our buyer cells. So, yeah, I mean, Calvin Ridley, the, I mean, Washington football team is giving up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers so far this year. I expect a huge game from Calvin Ridley. Um, well, I really want to know, do you guys think Justin Gage is flex-worthy because of the matchup? Is it Justin or Russell? It's Russell. I'm sorry, Russell <laughs> Gage. Uh, I tried to help you out. We have, we have a like, document. another Gage I haven't heard of, apparently. We have a document that we all share, and I saw, it said, I saw that it said Justin Gage, and I tried to I, I deleted it and put Russell. I was hoping you would see it. <laughs> um, I'm not rushing to, to flex Russell Gage quite yet. You're not. No, I'm not going to do it. Never mind. Stupid <laughs> joke. I'm not going to say it. Uh, we like those here. Uh, you're not. Ru- you're not Russell. <laughs> you're not Russ. You're not rustling in to start Gage. Are you going to rustle up some courage? <laughs> uh, I'm gauging my options here, and I'm not. Rustle up some gauges on those <laughs> options. You know. <laughs> All right. Uh. Yeah, so Calvin Ridley, um, can you start Mike Davis? Do you start Mike Davis? No. I mean, if you're going to start someone in the backfield, it would have to be Cordero, Pat- Cordero Patterson. I'll be honest. I am starting Mike Davis, but it is a league that has two flex positions, and I just don't have a better option right now. If I if I can find one, I'm definitely going to try to replace him, though. All right. Uh, Houston is traveling to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Uh, right now, Buffalo's a 16 and a half point favorite and the over under is 47 points. Is Brandon cooks a must start? I think so. Yeah. I'm pretty sure like we established this in the last, uh, episode on Monday night, Tuesday morning, but yeah, at this point he seems to be that quarterback proof. Davis Mills came in and Davis Mills was basically obsessed with him. And he's playing against it again this week, so why not? Yeah, and given the spread, um, I think it's safe to say that people expect uh, Buffalo to be playing from far ahead, as, as do I. So I think Brandon Cooks gets a lot of targets, as he has been, and maybe he'll even stumble into the end zone, which he doesn't do often, but he still produces for you. Uh, cool stat, Brandon Cooks is one of very few people in the NFL to get three 1,000-yard receiving seasons before he's 25. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's where the list stops in Houston. Um, and that's not just for this game. That's the entire season. <laughs> like, Brandon Cooks is the only player you're ever even consider starting for the Houston Texans. Honestly, the weirdo in me wants to keep an eye on Davis Mills, see if he shows any kind of running upside, because, you know, you, you got to love quarterbacks that run the ball. I think he'll just continue to look. 
<laughs> All year, you just keep looking. <laughs> it just won't happen. Oh, you never know, man. He might have burners. <laughs> uh, Buffalo, how you guys feeling about this side of the ball? I think, obviously, you're starting Stephon Diggs. You're hoping that it doesn't get out of hand really quickly, or if at least if it does, Diggs is a part of that. Um, what about the running backs, though? I think that's more prevalent. Um, could get a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, most people expect this game to get out of hand. That means they're going to be running the ball a lot. Zach Moss seems to have taken control of the backfield in terms of you know snap percentage and carries, especially because he's just been much more productive. But I think that you can consider if you have you know either one, you can consider playing both, uh, starting either one of them right now. Because I think they are both going to see a ton of work this week. Yeah, I think so too. Well, that brings up a good point because we were liking, well, you guys were really liking Emmanuel Sanders on our last episode. And Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley, which one do you think is going to have more points this week? Cole, I, uh, Emmanuel Sanders is more of your boom and bust player, uh, where Cole Beasley is going to be like your solid floor. You know, he has a high floor. You're going to basically always be able to count from like 8 to 12 points from him week in, week out, where Emmanuel Sanders might get you 21 week and zero the next. Uh, another cool stat. It's not going to be very specific. Um, I believe Cole Beasley is ninth in the league as far as um, most amount of red zone targets. Cole Beasley. Yeah, uh, that's kind of crazy. Um, <clears throat> for me, I, you know, it, I think it just depends on what your team needs. If you're needing kind of a big uh, someone that could have a really big game, you you uh you throw Sanders in, but if you just need a nice, you know, like Tyler said, eight to twelve points from your flex and you think that'll be enough, then definitely go with Cole Beasley. Uh Detroit taking on the Chicago Bears in Chicago. Um Chicago right now is a favorite, uh three point favorite, and the over under is set at forty two points. So Seems to be maybe a low-scoring game here. Um, Nagy still hasn't named a starting QB. Allen Robinson has been terrible. Um, how do you guys feel about Allen Robinson, and are you taking a shot with Mooney this week at all? After last week, I'm not playing anybody on the Bears until they can figure things out. Besides David Montgomery, I am just forced to play him just because of his snap counts, ADP, usage. But with the poor showing last week, obviously they're not going to repeat that again. But I, I, I'll give that at least a week to kind of buff out to figure out who, like, what I would do if I had Allen Robinson or Darnell Mooney. Yeah, I'm definitely not you know, banking on Mooney this week yet. Uh, the offense is, is bad. I think most people are going to have to continue to roll with Allen Robinson because you probably don't have a better option, really. Um, and I think that if there's any game for them to get back on track it's going to be this one against Detroit so yeah. I mean if you actually have a better option than Allen Robinson depending on who it is um Robinson's got a pretty good match this week I think that there's a chance he bounces back okay I, I can see that and just in case you've been living under a rock Chicago had less than 60 yards of offense last week and that's what that's the fiasco that we're referring to that they hopefully will never repeat again <laughs> yeah I think uh David Montgomery definitely play um I'm I'm kind of giving Allen Robinson one another week here, and in the one league that I do have him in, I'm going to play him, uh, just because I think the matchup is good and uh, he should hopefully be able to take advantage, and you know hopefully they can get some consistency at quarterback. Uh, on the Detroit side, 
Swift has been good. Um, and coach, uh, bite your kneecaps off. Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell. Um, <laughs> has said that he you're going to see a lot more of DeAndre Swift. Um, that was a quote that came out recently. So I'm expecting them to really kind of shift their focus to a more featured role for Swift and a, you know, obviously a change of pace with Jamal Williams. Um, so I like Swift this week. Definitely start him. Um, wh- who else on the team? Obviously a Hawkinson. Uh, you're going to start anyone that you're not starting. Uh, everybody besides Hawkinson. <laughs> uh, I mean, Swift, it's probably a good play. I really want to know what the long-term, you know, uh, path is going to be for Jamal Williams. If Dan Campbell actually sticks to his word with this. Yeah. Cause I mean, Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift have both played pretty well this, this year. Um, Swift has been slightly better, but they've both been like worthy flex plays all year long. Right. If this shifts to being more of the DeAndre Swift show, he I think immediately becomes up in like your running back one or two situation, and then Jamal Williams becomes like a maybe a flex play. Like if you have a bunch of bye weeks or something, um, if that happens, it kind of seems like they're going to put Jamal Williams into the role he was at in Green Bay. Yeah. Which just was you know no consistency. Yeah, I mean. Seven targets for seven receptions and 60 yards last week for DeAndre Swift. So, obviously, he's going to get dump-offs and be involved in the passing game. He also had 14 attempts on the ground. Um, So, I I love the usage right now, and it sounds like it might go up. Yeah, Swift is definitely promising. But you should know, as a Packers fan, that Jamal Williams is like, he quickly becomes a fan favorite. Um, He's weirdly productive. Uh, He kind of, like, forces you to play him and be involved in the game plan. So I'm curious if they can actually phase out Jamal Williams and put DeAndre Swift in all those areas where they use him in because he's been so good at sticking around in really good backfields. Uh, Carolina is taking on the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. Um, right now the Cowboys are a four-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under set at 50-and-a-half points. So expecting some points to be scored in this matchup. Uh, Mari Cooper has been dealing with the rib injury, um, looked like a decoy when he was out there last week. Um, how are you guys feeling about the receivers in Dallas right now? You're starting CD lamb, obviously. What are you doing with Amari Cooper? As an Amari Cooper owner in two leagues, uh, I'm really worried. It is two games in a row where he just wasn't there. Um, obviously this one, he had injuries, even though he wasn't listed on the injury report, but who knows how the ribs were really feeling in the game before is when he actually got hurt. So it's hard to say, but I'm worried about him, man. Um, I I think I think in one of my leagues I have a better option. I think I'm going to go with it. But who is that, it? I think I'm going to start Mike Williams and Brandon Cooks this week. Oh yeah, yeah, I'd start Mike Williams over him. I think you're going to win your game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, incoming Raiders take Amari Cooper definition of a boom or bust guy. <laughs> I'll just be honest. This is someone who's watched him in like his entire career and with envy when he's on Dallas and obviously a very productive, very good receiver, but it's very boom or bust with him. He's so inconsistent. And with a receiver like that this early in the season, just wait for him to have a good game and then trade him because he's not going to do you a solid once the playoffs come. Yeah. And with that, this matchup is not good. The Carolina defense is extremely good this year. I mean, they like crazy turnaround for them. Like they're playing the lights out. 
Now, the only kind of asterisk I have is that they haven't necessarily played the best offenses so far. Yeah. Um, they played the Jets, the Saints, and, and the Texans so far this year. So some of those stats could be kind of inflated towards the defense looking really good, and they're not as good. This is their first big, like, real test, and we'll see if they can step up to it. So you're starting Zeke. Obviously, ran hard last week, looked good. Um, but what about Tony Pollard? Are you willing to flex him this week or not? Can't a man draft a running back in this world today and not worry about the backup stealing your goddamn points? Remember the good old days, folks? <laughs> Those days are gone. Back when you had just like half the teams in the league had a true number one running back and you'd have to worry about who the hell's behind them. Yeah. Gas was 29 cents a gallon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm not risking starting, uh, starting Tony Pollard, Pollard this week. Like I said, we don't know if the, the matchup looks to be bad, but we don't know for sure. But that's not a risk I'm willing to take. I hope to God you have a better option for your for your flex play. Yeah, uh, same same feelings over here. What about on the Carolina side? Uh, you like Sam Darnold last week. Do you like him this week? Um, I, it's a toss up for me. I don't think I like him as much this week, specifically because of what Dallas just showed, you know, against Philadelphia, which was a very strong defense. And I know they haven't looked great for most of the year and most last year, but they may be kind of, you know, going into form here and maybe be, look a little better. So um, I don't think Darnold's going to be my stream play this week by any means. Uh, I think you can start Sam Darnold if you want um, or if you need to. Um <clears throat> Uh, but DJ Moore, I think you're obviously starting, um, Sideshow Bob. No, I'm still avoiding it, man. I, I gotta see, gotta see the production. He's moved to my bench now at this point. It sucks because I had such high expectations for him. But going back to Sam Darnold, he was almost my start of the week. He was kind of flirting with it. Um, going against Dallas, I, I feel like last week, um, it just, it feels really fluky to me, mostly because it was Dallas. They do have a really promising defense, and I I just don't think they're going to be like that consistent every week. And Sam Darnold has been doing very good this year. He added that rushing aspect to his game, and Dallas is giving up a ton of uh, passing yards. So it's, it's it's kind of a perfect recipe for Sam Darnold to at least put up like 18 or so, which is really what you want. I mean, I get that. For me, the biggest thing is that with CMC being out, I feel like they're gonna be like try to run the ball with you know a rookie Chuba Hubbard, yeah, and we'll just go you know we'll put six in the box, see if you can run on us, and we'll just play you know basically a prevent defense the, whole, the entire game. Speaking mm -hmm. of Chuba, are you starting him? Obviously, you are if you're the CMC owner. Um, but I say if you're not, limit your expectations because this man is not CMC. <laughs> so, um, a lot of times people do that. You know, they think that the handcuff is just going to automatically produce such as the starter did. It's and like they think it's the system, not the player. Exactly. And Christian McCaffrey is just a different animal. So I think you're going to see more than one running back involved here. I think you're going to see some Royce Freeman, probably more than you want to see. Um, so I would just say limit your expectations. If, if you're, if you're not a Christian McCaffrey owner and you, aren't desperate at running back. I don't say I don't think you should force him into your lineup even against Dallas. Oh yeah, I totally agree. If if Hubbard gets the most of the touches, um I think a good example would be like look at Mike Davis's stats from last year and then shave off a couple points from those games because that's an experienced NFL running back and then Hubbard will probably get those same numbers. 
Uh, Indianapolis Colts taking on the Miami Dolphins in Miami. Uh, Miami's a two-point favorite right now. It's a 42.5-point over-under. How are you guys feeling on the Indianapolis side? Um, I know I like Jonathan Taylor this week. Might just talk about him later. Um, Is Naeem Hines worthy of a start in PPR? You know, certainly he certainly could be. He has a very significant role in this offense. Um, I mean, he's there week in week out as and as you know really produces. The interesting stat here that I believe our our buddy Trey came up saw is that Miami has given up twenty catches in three games to running backs, and Naheem Hines being the pass catching running back. I mean, I think he's very worthy of a flex play. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I, Naheem Hines in PPR for sure. Um, if you guys have been listening, you know that I personally like Michael Pittman a lot, and he's still getting a lot of targets, and I'm still going to start him this week. He's not really producing that much, but 12 targets in both of the last weeks. That's a lot of, a lot that's of targets, lot, folks. That's a lot of looks. It's a lot of looks, but he's probably going to be followed all week by, or the entire game by Xavier Howard, who is one of the best corners in the league, and I think Pittman's still trying to figure out a little bit. I'd be worried about you mean that play. The guy I saw getting shook by Hunter Renfro on Twitter earlier. Hunter Renfro <laughs> is a route running mastermind. Yeah. So uh, I wouldn't put him on the same <laughs> level as, as Pittman in terms of their route running capabilities. Like Pittman, come on. Yeah. He, he's a bigger guy. He doesn't. He's not as shifty as Renfro is. I, I would just like to add that um, Xavier Howard and the Dolphins they played the Raiders last week and both of the Raiders starting receivers both had 10 points on like five targets each. So Michael Pittman's looking pretty promising even with Xavier Howard on him. They just got to get creative moving around the field and then Xavier Howard won't be on him on every time that he's running a route. Hopefully they get creative like John Gruden does shout out to him. <laughs> uh on the Miami side, how are you guys feeling um about this matchup Miles Gaskin? I mean, 13 attempts last week, 65 yards. Did put up five yards per carry. Still hasn't found the end zone. He also had six targets, three receptions for nine yards. Um, it's been tough, but the the looks are there, and, and the touches, he just needs to produce a little bit more. But maybe in the second week with Jacoby Brissett uh, at the helm, maybe there'll be a little bit more chemistry there on the offense um honestly i think that what we saw from gaskin last year before the injury when he was really producing i think he's i think honestly i think he's a flash in the pan i think last year was like his one good year and we're just not going to see it again um with that being said i think the only person that you could consider really starting for miami is Jalen wallace right now because he is getting so many targets from jacoby Brissett. yeah love the uh Love the target share for sure uh, last week. Waddle's usage is very similar to what you were saying about LaVisca Chenault. He's getting a lot of targets, but it's like pretty short yardage situations. Um, I mean, against the Raiders, he only had like 50 yards on 12 catches. He operates in that slot for sure. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. But but going back to Gaskin, honestly, yeah, the alarm is raised. I drafted him, and I am so worried. He's obviously trending down, and Malcolm Brown's trending up in that backfield right now. So I'm I'm really worried as a Miles Gaskin manager. Um he's he's moving into bench territory for sure. Uh the Cleveland Browns taking on the Minnesota Vikings uh in Minnesota. 
Um, Cleveland right now is a two-point favorite. The over-under is 51.5, so um, there's expected to be some points scored in this one. On the Cleveland side, who are you guys starting? Who are you sitting? OBJ's back, and he's back with a vengeance, baby. Starting him for sure, especially with Jarvis Landry out. That's just like an automatic one, I think. Um, I should probably talk about Donovan Peoples-Jones because I've been bringing him up. <laughs> I just can't help it. He's he's getting on the field. He's getting snap counts and whatnot. He played like 65% of the snaps last week but only got two targets. At this point, I'm pretty much giving up on him. <laughs> I'm sad to say it. I am too, man. I was right there with you with Donald People Jones. He just he seemed like the guy. He's so tantalizing as like an athletic prospect. Yeah. He thought he'd be able to like pull it together. He showed flashes of it last year and in the preseason this year, and he's just not doing it. Um, so I mean, obviously for anybody who's probably a stash, anyways, um, maybe still a decent you know dynasty league player to have on your bench, but. I wouldn't expect anything out of him this year. This is his time with Landry out. So, I mean, if he doesn't do anything during this time, then he's pretty much going to fall off my radar completely. Um, So, Chuba, or Chuba Hubbard, <laughs> Nick Chubb. Obviously, you're starting Kareem Hunt. You're starting. Um, They're both leading the league in percentage of runs with a broken tackle. <laughs> They're, like, both around 34%. It's crazy. You know, you would never really think that a team could consistently have two running backs that are like fancy worthy start starters, but the Browns do, and that doesn't really make sense. It's been a long time since I remember that ever happening. Yeah, I'm guilty. I wish I would have drafted Kareem Hunt in his ADP. <laughs> I need it now. <laughs> um, on the Minnesota side. Uh, how are we feeling about that receiving core? Obviously, Justin Jefferson, you're starting. Uh, Adam Thielen. Of course. I mean, of course you're starting. Uh, Dalvin Cook is expected to be back. So you're starting him if he is. Kirk Cousins? This one's a little interesting. So Kirk Cousins is very quietly the QB number five this year. Uh, And he's been a consistent like top ten quarterback for a couple years now. Um, I'm not sure why. Everyone has this thing that he's just not a good quarterback and that he doesn't produce, but uh, it's very, you know, Derek Carr-like, where, like, I think people have that weird stigma about them for whatever reason. Um, Dalvin Dalvin Cook said he's the best in the league when you give him a clean pocket. Oh, let me tell you real quick. Quick stat. (laughs) Quick stat. Uh, He he has the highest quarterback rating with a clean pocket this year, has a ridiculous amount of touchdowns, no interceptions. He's killing it in a clean pocket this year. I mean, even without it, he's his overall QBR uh, QB rating is 118. It's by far the best in his career. So he, I mean, he's operating at a level he hasn't yet. With that said, this is a tough matchup. I'm not saying that you know you can't start him, um, but I'd be a little worried about you know if, as a streaming option this week for for Kirk Cousins. I see what you're saying about being a little worried, and uh, j- just so everybody knows, I'm pretty sure everybody here. I don't think I don't know if James has really been on board with it, but like we've liked Kirk Cousins for a while. I know Irby has, but have you liked him? I mean, he's been getting slept on, and I've been looking at him for years. You like that? Yeah, I, I like, like that. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so obviously we like that, but I mean, he has three straight gains of 22 plus points, and uh, one of those gains was against Arizona Cardinals, who, as we know, have a very good defense this year. And are getting tons of sacks. And honestly, that defense is a little reminiscent of the Browns to me, as far as like having such a really powerful defensive line. And uh, that's what would throw me back. 
on him, but he did so good against the Cardinals. I'm curious if he'll do the same against Cleveland. The New York football giants are taking on the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. Um, uh, New Orleans uh, minus eight. Eight-point favorites. <laughs> I'm losing my place in my notes here. Uh, with a 41.5-point over-under. Um, how are you guys feeling on the New Orleans side of this? I feel like Kamara is the only safe start on the Saints offense right now. Jameis Winston hasn't even had more than like 20 pass attempts all season, I'm pretty sure. Something around that. He's not getting a lot of pass attempts. And besides he, that five-touchdown game, he has he's not 63 pass attempts on the year over three games. That's extremely low. Yeah, I mean, oh, man, I wonder what Sean Payton knows that we don't. Because <coughs> he's not letting it fly with Jameis. And that's like the next person I'd be looking at to start on the Saints right now. And he's not getting... It's weird that a quarterback's not getting the touches. <laughs> Uh yeah, so you're starting Kamara. Um, any of the receivers? Um, I wouldn't start any of the tight ends. No, I think Kamara is your only relevant fantasy player. Here. Um, what happened to Joanna? I don't know. I don't know. Ask That's Jawan Johnson. Ask Jameis. Um, on the Giants side, you're starting Saquon. Even though New Orleans Saints defense has been stingy, um, hoping he can continue to uh trend upwards um how about anyone else uh on the giants i know that kenny galladay's still banged up i believe um sterling shepherd was banged up last week uh you looking to bench those guys this week i mean well obviously if they're injured we, we talked about this in our waiver wire uh podcast a couple of days ago that i'm it's pretty likely that one of those guys is not going to play, and then Colin Johnson's going to get the the targets after that. So if you can pick up Colin Johnson, he seems like a decent play right now in the flex. And that, I mean, as, as far as that though, it's, it's a pretty unexciting game as far as fantasy goes. I would say. Yeah, I mean, you're obviously you're going to start Saquon because you probably don't really have a an option uh, as most people would be. Uh, but this is a tough match. But they're, the Saints only giving up sixty yards a game on the ground. I mean that's that's fucking stingy. Yeah, that's um, tough. And they're not and they're not much worse on over the uh, in the air. They're only giving up two fifty through the air. So um, I mean, if you can, you're starting Saquon, but I don't think I'd be want to start a single Giants receiver. Yeah, and I would hesitate to start Daniel Jones too, um, just because that defense is so fast. It's going to be tough for him to get on the edge with those reads, even though he's pretty quick. Um, you know, his rushing attempts have been pretty consistent. Um, same with his passing attempts, um, and his yards, his yards, 267 week one, 249 week two, 266 week three. Uh, but I would look elsewhere this week. I I kind of like Daniel Jones, honestly. We see what his floor is now, really. I mean, his bad game was last week. He didn't get a passing touchdown and he had about 17 points. That's pretty good for a starting quarterback, especially if you're streaming one. Daniel Jones is still there, and he's adding at least three extra points every week with rushing as a, as a floor. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee Titans taking on the New York Jets uh, in uh, at the Jets stadium. Uh, Tennessee right now is a seven-point favorite. Uh, the over-under is 45.5 points. 
Um, Jet side, probably not starting anyone. I would say the only one I would consider is Corey Davis. Uh, but even then, um, limit your expectations. Uh, but the Tennessee side, we should definitely talk about um, AJ and Julio. We touched on it a little bit earlier uh, with those guys most likely being out right now. Anyways, uh, would you start Tannehill? I mean, Tannehill kind of he he bounced back last last week. Uh, you know, kind of got back, seems back on track. But losing your top two receivers, that's tough. And with that, you're playing a really bad Jets team. There, I feel like this is going to be a game where Derrick Henry gets like 35 carries. Yeah, it might be the Derrick Henry show for sure. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I I just wanted to bring up a player. Um, I might m- murder this. Uh, Nick Westbrook Akinye. Yeah. <laughs> um, just, just a little bit that I saw of him on the field. He, he looks interesting. Honestly, uh, I'll be honest. It kind of reminds me like Donovan Peoples Jones, someone I see with just a, a really nice build as a receiver and you get, you know, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf vibes and you're like, Oh, look at this guy. Really athletic looking. Right. Um, so I'm curious if he's worthy of anything. If those guys don't play, he yeah. is the backup. Yeah. He seems to be the next guy up, um, and shows the most potential anyways so um probably look there if if you're in need of a stream but um i wouldn't be forcing any of these guys into my lineup uh what about anthony ferkser tight end been super quiet this year does he finally get some looks i just think tennessee's just gonna be able to run the ball all over the jets and they're gonna melt the clock and take care of business on the ground i think the passing game is going to be pretty limited so i i wouldn't look to start any of the receiving options unless of course if aj you know is is available then yes or julio is but yeah if one of those guys ends up being in the lineup you're going to start them because he'll be they'll just get a huge target share for this week right um kansas city chiefs taking on the philadelphia eagles um Kansas City right now are seven point favorites, and the over under is fifty four points. I think that's the highest, oh no, second highest over under on the week. So, um, I'm expecting kind of a big, um, bounce back game for Kansas City. Um, not that they haven't been producing, but like just as a team, like as a football team, you know, they they're gonna want to come out and and kick the shit out of the Eagles, I think. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I, you know, you're obviously starting everyone on the Kansas City side. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire looked better last week. I think you can start him this week, uh, especially if they get up big. You know, could be a good game script for him. Um, Yeah, Travis Kelsey, you know, Tyreek Hill, we don't have to tell you to start them. But the Philadelphia side... How do you guys feel on that side? Oh, man. If you're a Miles Sanders manager, you got to be pretty damn frustrated. I'm really curious to see what happens with Miles Sanders this week. Luckily, I'm not a manager, so I don't have to face that decision. But, um, I mean, obviously you're starting him, right, with his ADP and whatnot. You're going to keep starting him, right? I don't know. I mean, I think if you have another option... I think this game might get out of hand like it did last week, and they might be looking to throw the ball a lot. So it obviously depends on who you have on your team. But 
Yeah, I would I would certainly limit my expectations for Miles Sanders. Well, here's a little tidbit for you guys. Apparently, Jalen Rager was on, uh, in someone was in his DMs a couple of days ago, and uh, he snapped back really aggressively and was basically trying to fight him the entire, like, the whole thing. He's just like, well, where are you at? Da-da-da. Like, <laughs> let's throw hands. Da-da-da. So apparently, Jalen Rager is uh, participating in extracurricular activities. Does that increase his stock? <laughs> Uh, probably not. Probably decreases it because he might get suspended if he starts to fight with a fan. Yeah. Um, in <laughs> terms of Miles Sanders, real. in terms of Miles Sanders, I'm starting him this week. I think he ha- I think this is a game that he puts it together. The Chiefs are allowing 160 yards a game on the ground. I think this is, a, and this is gonna be a, a shootout type of game. Both defenses are poor, so I don't think I don't see Kansas City getting up like big, big to the point where. You know, they're just throwing the entire time. I think Miles Sanders has a very good game. Okay. Well, since it's going to be a shootout, um, would you start Devontae Smith? Yes. Yes. I think he's a very worthy flex play. Jalen okay. Rager. Maybe. <laughs> the thing is, like, as you kind of pointed out with on the game on uh, Monday night, Jalen Rager seemed to really step up and take command of the target share. Now, is he more talented than Devontae Smith? No, but if he has more, if Jalen Hurts has more trust in him, then maybe so. Yeah, well, I think it benefits Devontae Smith. Really, they they got to get more people catching the ball out there, so they're not all focused on Devontae Smith, really, and uh, the focus is elsewhere, and then it allows other people to operate with more space. Yeah, it seemed like they were looking Rager's way a lot more later in the into the game. Um, so that that type of uh, target share may continue. Um, I really like Jalen Hurts. Uh, probably talk about him a little bit later, uh, but he's an obvious play, I think. Um, Arizona taking on the Los Angeles Rams uh, in L.A. Um, the Rams are four-and-a-half-point favorites right now, and the over-under is 55. So uh, for the Los Angeles Rams, Cooper Cup is incredible. Go Yeeks. Um Stafford, I think you can play him this week for sure. Um, Robert Woods, yikes. I don't know what to do with Robert Woods. I have him in a couple leagues, and I'm pretty conflicted. How are you guys feeling about his usage and where they're at as an offense as a whole? I'd be pretty worried if I had Robert Woods. Um, his his targets are not there like they were in previous years. And at this point, I'd be benching him, looking to put somebody else in there. Um, his highest targets this year has been nine. And even then, he only had about, what, uh, 64 yards? And that's his best game of the year. Um, he's had one touchdown. It's just it's just very hit or miss. And like the volume isn't there like it usually is. And Robert Woods is productive because of volume. So if if the volume's not there, Robert Woods becomes a middle of the pack receiver like quickly. Yeah. Um yeah, you know, I think I'd give him a shot this week. Um you know, and if nothing happens this week, then yeah, I think I'm on the side of benching moving forward. But you know, the thing that worries me is Stafford historically just loves to like target one guy really heavily. He usually finds his favorite receiver and that's kind of his guy. Is Cooper Cup Calvin Johnson? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Mega Cup. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, I think I think you can start Robert Woods this week. But if if nothing happens again, then uh. yeah, I mean it's gonna be tough. But honestly, I'm gonna give Robert Woods two more weeks before I want to bench him because he also plays Seattle next week, which as we know is oh, okay, yep. a god awful defense. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna give him two more weeks. If after that, and then I'm I'm done with Robert. But Woods. But I think if if through four weeks he's not a at least in one game he doesn't have a you know, quite a few shares or a good target share, it's like, okay, then there there's something going on here. Yeah, honestly, and the other concern part, like, targets aren't huge, only 19 targets, but only 11 catches on 19 targets is not a very good ratio either. It's, you know, just above 50%. Things aren't pointing the right direction. You know, I'll leave it at that. The last guy I touch on on LA side is Tyler Higby. I think he's a streamable option at tight end this week. Um... Uh, He's got a nice little floor of like 11 fantasy points a game. Uh, and I think the opportunity is there this week. Arizona hasn't played anyone with a prominent tight end yet. So I think Tyler Higby's a play this week. Um, on the Arizona side, Kyler Murray, you're starting. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, obviously. Uh, what about the wide receiver two situation? The two three situation, two three four situation. <laughs> Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, AJ Green, any of them? Who? Honestly, I'm still not. I know AJ Green has the second most targets on the team, which seems crazy to me because he's not doing anything with those targets. Um, so AJ Green's absolutely out. It's against the Rams. I'm sitting everyone besides DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray. That defense is just too damn good. Oh yeah, I'm totally on board with you. I. Nobody passed Hopkins. Um, with with the running back situation, though, Chase Edmonds seemed like he, um, how would you say, edged out towards the lead a little bit more ahead of James Conner as far as the backfield goes. Would you start Chase Edmonds this week? Yeah, I, I would start Chase Edmonds for sure. Um, I mean, if you're watching Cardinals games, you got to get frustrated if you have Chase Edmonds. He's obviously so much better than James Conner. James Conner is really yeah. just like a a goal line vulture at this point. They did split carries evenly, eleven and eleven last week. So James Conner had two touchdowns, so obviously he became a very relevant fantasy play. But right, I mean, if they're still coming down to splitting carries, I don't really want shares of either one of them until one really breaks out, which should be Chase Edmonds because he is the better running back. But until that actually happens, I don't want a piece of either one of them. I think Edmonds has a good floor with the receiving work, and really all he has to do is get in the end zone, and he's going to put up a really nice fantasy day for you, like. His floor is 10 points easy because of his receiving work. So um, I like starting Chase Edmonds. But to go back to A.J. Green, you said he's done nothing. He had 112 receiving yards last week. I don't know. Is A.J. Green back? Wow. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> quiet, honestly. I had no idea that he did that. Yeah, six targets, five receptions, 112 yards, 13.7 fantasy points. But that was against Jacksonville. And he also more than he tripled his yearly output because of one game, so it's not a good sign. Yeah, someone I I think there's gonna be another Cardinal receiver that has a good game this week outside of DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins because Ramsey's there. Um, will he follow DeAndre or not? Who knows? But um, I think it's just gonna be it's just who is it? You know, that's the tough question with Arizona right now. And I'm leaning towards Christian Kirk, but it's it's a tough call. 
I mean, are we in agreement here that as far as the receivers go on the Cardinals, it, it goes DeAndre Hopkins, you skip over A.J. Green, and then the next valuable starter as far as fantasy football goes be either Rondale Moore, Rondale Moore or Christian Kirk? Yeah, that's that's kind of the issue. Is like they're so even. It's like who are you going to start week in, week out? And like that's just such a headache as an owner. Like, oh, maybe this week he breaks out. Then, you know, it seems like it's always the opposite. You start him, he does crap, and then you sit him, he does great. And that's just a headache that, like, I don't want a piece of. I uh, forgot to touch on the Los Angeles Rams running backs. Daryl Henderson coming back. Yeah, I mean, if Henderson is back, he's you're starting him. Uh, even with Sony Michelle there, he's clearly still the, the number one guy there. Uh, Seattle Seahawks taking on the San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco. Um, right now the Niners are a three point favorite and the over under is set at 51 and a half points. Uh, Elijah Mitchell is back in practice expected to play. Um, so is Trey Sermon. So what are we doing with the backfield? Are we avoiding it for another week? Are one of these guys worth flexing, um, or throwing in your RB two? How do you guys feel about that? Well, Elijah Mitchell was limited in practice today. So uh, limited in practice on a Wednesday kind of, for me, hints that he'd probably play on Sunday. Yeah. But if he ends up not playing on Sunday, I think Trey Sermon becomes a must start, which is a pretty rare opportunity for the 49ers backfield. Yeah, I mean, um, the fullback is still there. (laughs) Um, Fullback's still there, and... I just, I'm giving it another week before I'm putting any of these guys in. I think. Yeah, Kyle Juschik, just use check. You just check that out there for me. Get that pronunciation. <laughs> Either way, didn't he have like 20 touches or something like that in the last game? <coughs> he he saw a huge he increase a in touches. He, they went to him. I mean, Trey Sermon started and it it didn't go great, and then they just went pretty much exclusively to Juschik. So. Yeah, um, I I think I think if you're in a bind, you Mitchell and Sermon are actually both decent flex plays because the Seahawks defense is pretty freaking poor. Um, they're giving up 155 yards on the ground and 307 through the air. Uh, so that being said, I think they can both be flex plays for you if you need it. Um, in terms of through the air, Debo Samuel's the only receiver I'm willing to start because there's just no trust in Ayuk or Sherfield right now. So. Yeah, um, for me, Debo's a must-start, but I'm also happy with flexing Ayuk this week. Um, last week, he was involved uh, more so than he has been all year, and uh, even had a really, really nice route against Jair Alexander and scored that touchdown. Um, so I think those are the types of things that Shanahan's been waiting to see, and he's starting to prove himself again. Um, and I expect him to be, uh, much more involved going forward. So Trent Shearfield is, I, I think you can drop him honestly. Um, if you haven't already, but yeah, Seattle against that, de- that defense, I'm starting Debo and now you for sure. Um, on the Seattle side, Chris Carson, you're starting Russ, you're starting, um, what about the receivers? 
I mean, you haven't seen too much from DK yet this year, but I mean, you're not gonna not start DK Metcalf. I mean, he's blown. You know, he's gonna go off one of these games, and he'll get back on track. Um, oddly enough, with Tyler Lockett, it's very like it's been like three years in a row where he starts off the season insanely hot. Yep. Like he did the same thing last year. He you know he put up a forty point game last year. Uh, in the first like four weeks, it's just what he does. Yeah. Um, eventually he'll start to fall off because for whatever reason, and DK will step it back up. Become a little more even, but you're definitely starting both Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf still. What about Will Disley? We were talking about him earlier. I think he's a solid stream. Um, with him getting, you know, he'll get all the tight end looks with Everett out. Um, he's a solid stream. I think mean, with his with his game and Seattle's defense being so bad, do you think they'll have like a they'll be playing from behind most of the time? Um, no, I think it'll be a close game. Yeah, it's hard to say. That's the one thing when it comes to you know rivalry games is that they tend to get played closer. So I don't think they'll necessarily be playing from behind, but I could this, see this game being a pretty high scoring affair. Yeah, I think you're gonna want pieces in uh, in this game, especially on the receiving side of things. Um, Baltimore Ravens taking on the Denver Broncos in Denver. Uh, right now, Denver Broncos are a one point favorite. And the over-under is at 45 points. Um, how are you guys feeling about uh, the Baltimore side here? The running back situation is, uh, who knows, <laughs> at this point. I don't understand. Uh, I think the clinical definition is clusterfuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, can I just say I don't understand why Tyson Williams doesn't get the ball more? I mean, he's. I'm pretty sure he's like... Uh, one of the league leaders in yards per carry right now at like 10 something. Um, but he only had five touches last week and I, and I just don't get it. <laughs> I, it's it's gotta be a pass protection thing with him being a rookie. And then Latavius Murray, obviously being like a seasoned veteran and coming in and taking away those touches. Like it's, that has to be it. I, I can't see what else is keeping him off the field besides pass protection, but that isn't, I don't know. That doesn't give a good reason as to why they're not giving him carries, you know, because um, he looks to be the most explosive dynamic back they have right now. Maybe it is because he's a rookie. I'm not sure. But, you know, I started Tyson last week. Um, obviously, we were all disappointed. I think you have to I think you have to bench him and you have to wait um, and, and see what happens. I agree. Um, it's also a Pretty tough matchup against the Denver Broncos yeah. defense. Um, and with it being said, Tyson is at exactly 50% snap share on the year, which, I mean, how can you trust starting a running back that is only on the in on the field for, for half the game? Yeah. That's all, you really, that's all you really need to hear, really. 50% snap share, and the Broncos haven't allowed more than 47 yards on the ground to a single rusher this year. It looks pretty bad. They are allowing touchdowns, but the yards are not there. Uh, Lamar Jackson, you're going to start. Um, any of the receivers? I think you still start Marquise Brown, and um, I guess I'd throw in Mark, Mark Andrews also if we're talking about receivers like tight ends. These are people that he's continuously targeting downfield. I mean, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on Lamar Jackson this year and last year, and he continues to target these guys downfield, but for whatever reason, the ball is just a little bit out of place way too often, and these guys, are, they're really, I talked about it a couple episodes, or last episode, they're on the verge of connecting on these big plays, Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown. And he's looking for them every single game for, I mean, what, it's been 
20 games in a row now that I've been watching this. He's looking for him deep, and for whatever reason, they're just not connecting. They're missing out on a lot of points, and the points should come. Yeah, it's bound to happen. I think uh, you can you can definitely start. I think Marquise Brown, obviously Mark Andrews. Um, excited to see what happens with you know Rashad Bateman and, and Miles Boykin coming back into this offense, see if that shakes things up, maybe frees up Marquise Brown and, and Mark Andrews a little bit. Um, and Rashad Bateman, you know, explosive player. So if he ha- wasn't taken off your waivers this already on Tuesday uh, or this week, uh, I'd look to snag him up. On the Denver side, um, how are you guys feeling about the running backs in Denver? Javante had a good game last week, but the the share is pretty much 50-50 still between Javante and Melvin Gordon, which sucks. And the Ravens do have a good run defense. So at, at this point, I am not looking to start either Javante Williams or Melvin Gordon this week against the Ravens. Yeah, I don't like either one of them this game. They're going to both struggle. It's just the way the, de- the Ravens defense are. Um, they can be had a little bit through the air, you know, over 300 yards a game. So I think you're okay starting Cortland Sutton for sure. And I think you can see Noah Fant having another really good game too. Yep. I agree. Uh, Tim Patrick, little flex, nice little floor flex. Maybe. Maybe. I think, you know, I mean, when, no, he, thanks. Gets, when he gets targeted, he catches the yeah. ball. And- Honestly, I think, I think he's a, he's a good boomer bust player. Like if you're like, Hey, I don't really have any great options for my flex. And like, yeah, you want to pick someone who could have a high, high ceiling. Tim Patrick's your guy. Well, and he's got a nice floor too, so I'm comfortable flexing Tim Patrick um, as of right now. Um, moving on here to the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Green Bay Packers uh, at Lambeau. Uh, the Packers right now are six and a half point favorites, and the over under is forty five and a half points. Um. So Juju and Deontay Johnson uh, are both questionable heading into this one. Um, what about Chase Claypool? How do you guys feel about him this week? I mean, if those guys are out, you're, you're definitely starting him. P- Pittsburgh's throwing the ball like a mofo. They cannot run the ball at all. I, don't, I assume they're not going to be able to this week. Um, It's Chase Claypool and then I guess maybe Fryermuth if those guys are out, right? yeah and James Washington um I'm a little bit worried about Chase Claypool just if those guys are out just because that's who the Packers are going to game plan around and uh that could be tough but I mean who who are the Packers going to have that can like lock Claypool down who's 6'4 240 well I might that's, be a, that's a tough biased, matchup but I think Jair can lock down anyone Jair's like 5'9 I know, but he's <laughs> one of one of the best corners in the league, if not the best. So I think I don't think you, the size is a huge. Oh, what you guys are I saying? Just head. <laughs> it could go either way that, that way. <laughs> what, what I want to say is, I this is a game where Big Ben's going to pass the ball like fifty times. So obviously, there's going to be a lot of targets to be had. So you're going to want to have someone who's out there on the field for him. Because yeah. the running game is going to struggle. It's going to continue to struggle. It has not been good the last couple of weeks. And all they're doing is throwing, uh, especially in a PPR league, honestly, is what you should really pay attention to. That's all they're doing is just short passes. Big Ben is just throwing short passes all game. He's going to throw 50 of them. So, I mean, hopefully you can get the guy that's catching most of them or at least getting targeted on them. Well, Deontay Johnson's being targeted like crazy. Um, 
and has, you know, and that's carried over from the end of last year. Um, if so, if he's good to go and, and healthy and, um, you know, a hundred percent, I think you can start Deontay Johnson for sure. Yeah. But I mean, we're talking about, I'm still going on Claypool here. Uh, if Johnson and Juju are out, um, I think Claypool's a must start last week with both of them going through their, you know, injury issues. Claypool got 15 targets. Uh, without if Juju and Deontay are out, regardless of who's on him, um, they're gonna force feed him the ball. Yeah, that's yeah, that's for sure. I mean, the options become pretty limited at that point. So, um, but Big Ben does worry me, um, just with his health and his play, uh, so far with being able to get the ball downfield. His health, God, it sounds like he's going into dementia. He's or something. thirty-nine years old, man. Dude, old man. Dude, he he really looks like you know. Remember, you know, like in boxing, the guys always stick around way too long, and the last few fights they look like just complete dog shit. That's Ben yeah. Roethlisberger right now. Uh, Packers side. Um, go ahead, start Rodgers. Go ahead, start Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones. Uh, taking a shot on any of these other receivers right now in Green Bay? Probably not because week in week out there's zero consistency and like yeah, you know, it's like throwing a dartboard or throwing out a dartboard. You know, you're just like uh, let's see what happens this time. You never know what what's gonna happen. So I think you have your big three in Green Bay, and I don't really want to touch anybody else outside of that. Tunyon. He's a tight end. He's a stream play. Like it's just it, <laughs> it, it, it kind of just is what it is at this point with tight yeah. ends. You know, get a guy who could put up a t- put a t- put up a touchdown. Cool, nice like thing, you're happy with that week. Yeah, the nice thing I'd say about Tony is he has you know an elite quarterback that can get him the ball in red zone situations, and and they do look his way in red zone situations. So, well, in a yeah. deeper league, are you guys considering AJ Dillon? I, I really think the game script's going to favor Green Bay this whole time. Like they're going to take the lead and probably never lose it pretty early on, and. That kind of calls for the backup running back to come in, right? See, that's what I—that was the argument I made when they played Detroit, and that did not happen. Uh, even yeah. though they did get up big, and AJ Dillon still never really saw the field, so I'm leaning against it. Yeah, they didn't get up big early in Detroit, and I think that may have an impact on that. But at the same time, I don't think you can start uh, AJ Dillon yet. But uh, definitely not—you know—don't drop him. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the New England Patriots. Uh, right now, Tampa Bay, this is the Sunday night game. It's being hyped like crazy. Tampa Bay is a seven-point favorite. Over-under is 49 points. Obviously, uh, Brady makes his return. Um, I think it's going to be quite a – I think it could be a route. <laughs> I think Tampa Bay could really just put it on the Patriots on Sunday night. Um, and so for that reason, obviously Tom Brady, you're starting, uh, his receivers. How are you feeling about that? Chris Godwin, I think he's an automatic start. Mike Evans. I mean, you kind of have to start him if he's on your team and just hope for the best, but you could, you're, you're looking at somewhere between two points and 32. So, (laughs) I mean, it's just, it's almost a dart throw with Mike Evans at this point, but um Antonio Brown are we looking to start him he's back oh. from COVID or supposed to be back anyway yeah, I mean he's officially still on the COVID list so yeah that's dicey um, I'm gonna say no honestly th- this game is super intriguing because obviously Tom Brady's never actually played a Bill Belichick defense and we know how good Bill Belichick is at scheming things up to take certain things away 
Right. It's going to be quite the chess match to see how Tom adjusts to it. I think you're definitely starting Godwin and, and Evans. Um, yeah. I don't think I really want to start anybody else on the, the Tampa Bay side of things outside those two. Gronk? I don't think I want Gronk. Not, not this week. I just, I'm too iffy on on how Belichick is going to play this. He did have the injury last week, but the test came back negative on his ribs, so he should be good to go. That is Gronk, by the way. Um, I like Gronk this week. Um, Patriots side of the ball. What are we thinking? Damian Harris, your newly acquired asset. Are you starting him against Tampa Bay's front seven? Uh, no, except I also have Daryl Henderson, and he's going back in the starting lineup. <laughs> um, that front seven for Tampa is insane. Vita Vea is a, shouldn't be human. Yeah, he's a beast. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen this clip of them of their training camp where he actually chased down Rondell Jones fifty yards. Vita Vea, who's like three hundred and seventy pounds. Dang. Yeah, like, he's a freak. He's man. an absolute freak of nature. Ronald Jones? Ronald Jones. Rondale, Ronald. Oh, okay, I just wanted to <laughs> <laughs> close enough. Yeah, honestly, that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh he's a freak and I hesitate to start any running backs against that front seven right now because they are tough. Um any of the receivers for New England, since Tampa Bay has been, you know, picked apart a little bit on the back end. I don't really like anyone besides Jacoby Myers, like I was bringing up earlier. Um, the rest of the Patriots, I'm sitting them. I don't like them in this matchup. The Buccaneers defense is good, and like Jim was saying, I think it's going to be heavily favored in the Buccaneers. Like they're going to destroy the Patriots. I feel like. But if that, but if that's the case, that doesn't mean that you know Mac Jones is gonna be out there slinging around a bunch because they'll be behind. Yeah, exactly. That's why I was saying like Jacoby Myers, um, and I believe Yano Smith might be injured right now. He's not. He just has been taken out of the game plan he's because been terrible. Yeah, he's just not producing. Yeah. So uh, I know after like week one, it looked like he was me the guy, and it's completely flopped. Okay, yeah, he's been pretty bad. Um, well, what about Tampa Bay's running backs? How do you guys feel about that? That's a backfield I'm avoiding pretty much at all costs right now <laughs> because it's one of those things where there's three guys involved. I think Geo's going to be healthy and able to play too So um, after that weird injury last week. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just avoiding that until we have some more clarity. Um, but moving on to the Monday night game, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, right now, the Chargers are three-point favorites, and the over-under is 52-and-a-half. Um, so on the Raiders side of the ball, is Josh Jacobs going to be back? And if he is, are you starting him? I don't think Josh Jacobs is going to be back, and if he is, you do not start him. Um, he has not practiced in a while, and they're still waiting on him to practice. Uh, they're just hoping he's going to practice. We've already gone over this. Even if he comes back, don't even start him. Peyton Barber looked good last week, and this is a really bad rushing defense. I don't see why they would force Josh Jacobs to come into this game. Are you starting Peyton Barber then if you picked him up on waivers or got him the week prior? Definitely. There's nobody else in the backfield that's taking away his carries. Uh, if Kenyon Drake taking away his targets, but um, I, I think uh, Peyton Barber has a good opportunity to really replicate what he did last week. 
Yeah, I mean, the Chargers are giving up 170 yards a game on the ground. It's by far the worst in the NFL. Um, honestly, if Josh Jacobs does play, which I know doesn't sound like it is, I'm starting him against this defense. Even if he does end up splitting carries with Peyton Barber, he's still worthy of a start. Honestly, that is a good point. He played hampered with a different injury in week one and still scored two touchdowns. So you might be right, but personally, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> um, any of the receivers, we talked a little bit about Hunter earlier, Renfro. Uh, obviously, you're starting Darren Waller. Uh, Renfro, um, Brian Edwards, any of these guys worth a flex? I think Renfro is a must-start in PPR. Uh, between Edwards and Ruggs at this point, it really is a dart throw as far as like if you want to put one of them in your flex, one of them is going to have double digits for sure every week. Last week, they both had 10, which is a very mediocre fantasy number, but still good enough. I mean, I've always say you get 10 points from everyone. You're probably going to win the game. But uh, this week, I think it's a real dart throw between Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs. And if I had to throw the dart, I'd throw it at Brian Edwards. I'd rather not throw the dart. like it's i mean waller uh, from the receiving position waller's the only one you can you know rely on week in week out outside of that you're gonna have a lot of ups and downs with with this receiving core yeah i wouldn't i would hesitate to start uh rugs or edwards uh but i do like renfro definitely full ppr uh no doubt about it uh chargers side of the football uh Obviously, Justin Herbert, you're starting. I mean, the Raiders' defense has looked better, definitely improved um, since last year, uh, but this seems to be their first real test. So um, are you hesitant to start any Chargers? I don't think I am, at least not You know, Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. I mean, you're <laughs> starting every week probably at this point. Um, anyone else? Eckler, obviously. I think you could start Mike Williams and Keenan Allen this week. It's a division game, and I think it's going to be a pretty competitive shootout. And the Raiders' defense has been playing pretty good, but this is by far like the best uh, group of skill players that they've played this season, as far as like Eckler, Williams, and uh, Keenan Allen. It's uh, it should be a real test for the Raiders, and I think that if I had to go between Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, Mike Williams is going to have a killer game. Yep, uh, a lot of points probably to be scored here, um, so fire up the Chargers. All right, let's get into our starts of the week for week four. We will kick it off with the quarterback position. Stinky Jose, you want to go first? Yeah, well, speaking of the Raiders, my start of the week at quarterback is Derek Carr. Like I said, it's a division game. I think it's going to be a shootout. I know the Chargers do have a really bad rush defense, but Derek Carr has been really consistent this year. He's putting up really good points as far as a fantasy quarterback, and he's only doing that putting up two touchdowns a game passing. And I think this is a game where he goes up to three touchdowns, so um, his floor really just improves. So if you're looking to stream somebody this week, Derek Carr is definitely it. And he's kind of creeping into the conversation as far as like almost an every week starter if he's going to keep up this kind of output. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Derek Carr, I mean, I think he should be a week in, week out starter, I think, already with how well he's been playing this year. Uh, I'm going back to the uh, Thursday night matchup myself, uh, taking Joe Burrow against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, uh, you know, Sam Darnold produced pretty well for me last Thursday. I hope it stays the same this week. 
and realistically, they're he's just playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. Why? Why, why really? <laughs> yeah, why, why sugarcoat this any other way? Uh, for me, I'm going with Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, I think this guy's gonna have a really secure floor for fantasy managers going forward. Um, obviously, some inconsistent play the past couple of weeks from like a real life football point of view. Uh, but he's still got you at least 21 points in each of those outings. So he's producing. He's one of those, you know, uh, players that even though it doesn't look great on the field as far as from a, a football standpoint, he's still getting you that fantasy production just because of his abil- ability to run. Um, and also, Philly seems to be playing from behind um in every single game usually with a decent sizable gap so um and they're playing Kansas City this week so i think that could remain true for sure um so i like Jalen Hurts a lot this week i think it's one of the most secure floors in quarterbacks right now and the upside for them for him to have a huge game is obviously there I think it's awesome how his floor is so high. In the offseason, people were not liking Jalen Hurts, man, and I, I had him pretty high. Like, But if you're looking at these rankings for the offseason as far as ADP and all that stuff, people did not like Jalen Hurts. And he's a perfect example of someone with rushing upside. doesn't matter how poor they looked passing the ball last year or whatever, with rushing upside is super valuable. Now he's playing every game, he's passing okay, and his rushing is making him a must-start quarterback like every week. Yeah, I think people were just worried about how bad Philly might be and but honestly for a quarterback like him who has that rushing ability it almost it plays into his favor from a fantasy perspective because uh he's going to get so many opportunities to make plays not only through the air but on the ground as well uh scrambling out of the pocket last thing I'll say is Kansas City is giving up the second most fantasy points to Q- to QBs this year so uh super safe play for me uh is Jalen Hurts uh let's do the running back position Trey who's your running back this week before I move on to running backs I forgot to say that Derek Carr has seven straight games of 24 plus points in fantasy football stretching back to last year seven straight so I mean come on Derek Carr's on a roll right now but anyways (laughs) my running back star of the week is going to be Clyde Edwards Hilaire he is uh, coming off a strong week finally got a bunch of rushing yards and was finally looking productive and he's going against Dallas, who or he's going against Philadelphia, who was gashed by Dallas last week. Obviously, really good running back duo with Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott. But uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire is poised to have a big game this week against a bad defense. Yeah, you know, funny enough, my start of the week was almost Miles Sanders, um, almost for the, all the exact same reasons you said, because like that's how comparable the Chiefs' defense is to the Philly Philadelphia defense. Yeah. But that's not where I'm going with. I'm going to Chris Carson. Uh, playing San Francisco, San Francisco, San Francisco gives up the seventh most points to running backs fantasy wise. Chris Carson is one of two running backs who to have twelve points in every game so far this year, and he scored a touchdown in every game. Basically, Chris Carson is guaranteed to give you a touchdown and and at least twelve fantasy points at the bare bare minimum. And you know, I'll take that all week. But realistically, against this defense, I think you can see him go the hundred yards and touchdown, which is going to put you you know up up towards twenty points. This, yep. this is the last time, last time I, I'm going to do this, I feel like. But Chris Carson, his ADP before the year, wait, he was getting drafted in like the third round. He was like running back 12 or something like that, right? And look how consistent and valuable he is, man. I'm telling you, 
Yeah. You got to listen to the podcast, folks. We look past all those ADPs and BS. Chris Carson, man. Yeah, Chris Exactly Carson's, where we thought he would be. Chris Carson's been very consistent and just super uh, safe play right now. Let's just hope he stays healthy. Uh, my running back this week is going to be Jonathan Taylor. Uh, right now, he's the running back 29 and half PPR overall, uh, but can't deny the matchup this week. He plays the Miami Dolphins, uh, whose run defense has been really, really bad, um, terrible. They've allowed 82 rushes for 362 yards and four touchdowns so far, um, and they've given up the second most fantasy points to running backs this season. Um, Jonathan Taylor just needs to get into the end zone. That's it. He leads the league and carries within the five-yard line uh, with six, um, so it's not like he doesn't get the ball in goal line situations. Um, he's their go-to guy in those situations. Uh, just has to get into that end zone. I think Jonathan Taylor has a big bounce-back uh, game this week. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we were talking about this before the podcast. Peyton Barber did it against the Dolphins by 20 carries, 111 yards, and he was on the Raiders for like nine days. Yeah. <laughs> so Jonathan Taylor's definitely poised to do something better than that. Uh, receiver, Trey, who do you got? For receiver, I got OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., and uh, he came back last week and put up some really solid numbers. Also, Jarvis Landry is out, so that's going to increase his targets. He's going up against the Minnesota Vikings this week. Pretty poor pass defense, and um, I mean, what more can I tell you? It's OBJ. He's the number one receiver on the Browns now with Landry out, so obviously he's a must-start. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the league's just better when OBJ's out there balling. Yeah. It just, it's just better. So, I love that pick. Uh, my receiver this week is going to be Calvin Ridley. Uh, he's getting a monster target share as it is, and he's playing the Washington team who, obviously, going into the year, we thought we were going to have a very good defense, and it's not panning out that way. They're giving up the second most points to receivers this year, and Ridley is already tied for sixth in targets with 29 targets on the year. Uh, I just expect Ridley to have a very big game. My receiver this week's a little bit deeper. Um, I'm going with Jalen Waddle of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, 13 targets in week three against the Raiders. Uh, that was Jacoby, uh, brisket. I like to call him brisket. <laughs> Jacoby briskets. Uh, cause you know what you're going to get. Yeah. You're going to get that brisket. It's not going to uh, impress you, but you'll like it. <laughs> I love brisket. Uh, anyways, uh, his first game, he obviously, had a chemistry with Waddle, definitely had an eye for Waddle. Um, I think that might continue. And Waddle is now facing a Colts defense that's really, really struggled um, against slot receivers so far on this season. Um, uh, and the Colts are second in the NFL with seven touchdowns allowed to receivers. So, um, I think Waddle has the chance to have a big game. Colts are also fifth overall in fantasy points, giving up two receivers per game so far. So I just think uh, the matchup is good. I think uh, Brissett looks to target Waddle going forward. He seems to be their best playmaker on the offense right now. Will Fuller will never be healthy, and <laughs> <laughs> and you know Parker's there, but. Um, I like Waddle to have a big game this this week. Tight end position. Uh, Trey, you want to start us there with yours? 
Yeah, I'm going to go up with another guy who's catching passes from Jacoby Brissett. It seemed like when he came in the game, he was really favoring two guys. It would be Jalen Waddle and Mike Jasicki, who's going to be my tight end start of the week. Mike Jasicki only had three targets in the first game, six targets in the next game, and that's with two at quarterback, obviously. And then when Brissett comes in last week, he gives Jasicki 12 targets. He gets 10 catches in about 80 yards, no touchdown, but that's a pretty good stat line for a tight end. I'll take that every week. And it seems like Brissett really likes Jasicki and Waddle. So those are the guys that you probably want to play this week, and I'm going to go with Jasicki as my tight end. All right, and I'm uh, heading back over to the uh, AFC West here. I'm taking Noah Fant as my tight end. Uh, Denver playing Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore is quietly giving up over 20 points a game to fantasy tight ends this year. That's insane. That's crazy. And as Noah Fant is clearly the number two option in this passing game, I expect Noah Fant to have a brilliant game. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the big Gronk this week at tight end. He is back in the building, and I think him and Tom Brady. I just have a feeling they're going to look to score. Um, just because you know revenge game. Yeah, I think some of these things, you know, some of these weird like um mentality type of things you have to take into account. I know Tom Brady and Gronk want to come back, and they want they want to score and they want to score together. Um, but not only that, you know, Gronk is ranked sixth overall in VBD. And if you don't know what that is, um, that's a player's fantasy points minus the baseline tight ends points. So like the 12th ranked tight end overall. Um, so it gives you an idea of how good that player is versus the average player at each position. And Gronk is sixth overall in the entire NFL for all positions. Um, so obviously he's a great play at tight end right now. Um, I have a feeling he's going to be getting a lot of red zone targets this week. Um, and I like Gronk. I just want to say a little something about Noah Fant being, uh, Irby's start of the week. The Ravens have had a horrible year starting out against tight ends. I mean, they opened the season against Darren Waller. Then the next week they played the Chiefs and Travis Kelsey. Then last week they played the Lions. And Hawkinson, <laughs> and then this week they play the Broncos and Noah Fant. It might calm down for him after this week, but man, obviously they're giving up twenty points a game. Yeah, I mean they've played they've played the best tight ends the league has to offer. So hopefully that trend continues for Fant. Uh, Trey, you got a uh, defense of the week to shut us down here. Oh yeah, I got three good ones for you this week. Obviously, you know by now that you're going to start whoever's playing the Jets and whoever's playing Jacksonville. So, obviously, you're going to start the Bengals against Jacksonville. That's my start of the week. That's my favorite start of the week as far as defenses go. Across the board is the Bengals that are slept on defense. If you can get a hold of them, they're the number one choice. Um, After that, it would be Tennessee playing the Jets. Titans have had a pretty doo-doo defense, but they should do good against the Jets. And I really like the Packers against Pittsburgh. Packers defense, I really think they're going to do really well. And the Pittsburgh offense is just really, really atrocious this year. And the Packers have a good chance to really just wallop them and hold them to maybe 10 points yeah as long as that pass rush is there for the Packers I think they could uh, do some damage but that's going to do it for our starts of the week and our weekly matchup episode Uh, make sure you follow us like us check us out on Twitter at the fantasy football fathers podcast Um, you can catch our podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast 
And make sure to give us a like, follow, notifications on so you can get all of our up-to-date episodes. Uh, Good luck this weekend. We hope the best. And take her easy. Shout out to Kyle Santose or Santos, whatever. You know, we love you. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll see you on Tuesday. (laughs) Deuces.